It was about uh, 50 minutes ago as I was standing in the control room watching the, uh, I think it was the top of the ninth inning or was it the bottom of the eighth, whatever inning we were in. And I said, I'd like to see some extra innings. And we indeed got some extra innings. We got one. But a pitcher not being able to field a bunt, I guess it didn't really didn't really matter at the end of the day. Uh, but allowed the Red Sox to have runners at the corners, shot up the left side, base hit, ball game over, Red Sox win. And that's where we uh, come to you, here from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu. It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Um, surprisingly, on a day that is filled with preseason football and storylines, baseball taking some of the uh, the edge off of that, especially because uh, the Padres, one of the Padres stars, suspended for a drug that I don't even know that he knows it is. <laughs> There's a statement of that, too. Uh, but what else are we watching? Uh, Elima Lay McFarlane has won her bout uh, in Bellator, uh, won it via unanimous decision. Uh, we're watching Niners Packers in preseason football. We're watching the injury front in preseason football, and we're watching the West Region Final at the uh, uh, Little League Baseball, where Team Hawaii just came out smoking hot. Uh, did the Honolulu Little League came out uh, offensively sharp in the first couple of innings? Hawaii's got a nine-one lead. Uh, right now, and uh, I think that, th- did I see correctly the inning, fifth inning? Is that what I saw correctly? Okay. So, uh, 9-1, Keegan Oates has been watching that. Keegan, an update from our uh, Little League studios. 9-1, the score right now. They just got a double play, a, what was, what was the score? 5-3. to three. Uh, five to three double play put out, so that uh, ends the top of the fifth inning. Hawaii the, is the home team here, so they get another chance to either run rule them uh, 11-1 or just end it coming up in the top of the six later on. And that's your update from our Little League Studios. Thank you, Keegan. I honestly didn't even know we had a Little League studio until just now when I saw you get ready to, to provide an update that I had no idea we were going to bring to the masses. But, you know, hey, uh, that's what we do. Uh, but We'll, we'll update that game. It's on ESPN television. Uh, we're also paying attention to injury news in, in the NFL preseason because Jimmy Garoppolo's stock just got that much higher about two hours ago. Uh, the Jets playing in a preseason game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I should actually preface this too. Um, I don't know if that game is over. I honestly have not paid a ton of attention to Jets-Eagles because, A, it's Jets-Eagles. B, my team's playing. Uh, Jets-Eagles is done. And uh, C, even if it was a game I didn't care about, after the starters are out, I didn't care all that much. So I kind of just tuned my way out of it. But the – I mean, it was was pretty intense early – you had uh, Eagles coach Nick Sirianni, who was yelling across the field at Jets coach Robert Sala because one of uh, one of Sala's guys had uh, uh, had had hit Jalen Hurts and hit him pretty late. It was a helmet right to the front of the helmet, uh, late hit out of bounds. Hurts is fine. It's not the point. Uh, the point was it was a late hit out of bounds on the starter who you know isn't going to play a lot, but is still taking that kind of shot anyway. It's not 
that's not good. So um, you had that as as part of your backdrop, and then uh, the other part of it was Zach Wilson running out of the pocket gets hurt, non-contact injury. Uh, to w- what looked like, I don't know if it was right or his left leg. I'm watching the video of it now. It looks like when he planted his, yeah, it was when he planted his right as he was trying to cut in toward the middle of the field. He goes down, leaves the game. And while the Jets haven't said anything about the severity of the injury, um, anytime you see a, maybe not anytime, um, more often than not, when you see an injury that is non-contact, you fear for the worst. Now, uh, this is from Adam Schefter. Uh, Robert Sala just told reporters Zach Wilson's going to undergo an MRI tomorrow to determine the extent of his right knee injury. Um, what do you do if not? Again, you've got right now, uh, and by the way, uh, Sala has said, <laughs> this, is, this is a great quote, the ACL is supposed to be intact. Now, I don't know if Robert Sala's just trying to play an orthopedic surgeon, but uh, when, it's, when he says the ACL is supposed to be intact, it's kind of sounding like he's saying the ACL is not. That's not good. Uh, but we mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo because there are going to be teams that need Jimmy Garoppolo. The Cleveland Browns may need him. Uh, we've heard that rumor, and, and we'll see uh, what happens with the NFL's uh, uh, arbiter's ruling on Deshaun Watson. Watson, today, before the preseason game he played in and looked bad in in this first couple of plays, uh, Watson said he was sorry to those that uh, that he affected uh, by his actions. Uh, there's there's a bigger quote we'll, we'll read to you in a little while. Um, he's trying to get away with just a, a potential eight-game suspension. The league wants him gone for at least a year. We'll have to find out what happens. But the Browns could be uh, in need of Jimmy Garoppolo. Now you see what the Jets have. The Jets may definitely need Jimmy Garoppolo if Wilson could be out for a lengthened period of time. If, well, his ACL's supposed to be intact. That, that is quote of the preseason already from Robert Sala, uh, who, by the way, says he's over in reading into injuries when he referenced Makai Becton. And uh, what happened? Makai Becton's out for the year. Uh, the Jets are already in regular season mode, unfortunately, with injuries. So that's becoming now a, a, a very key storyline, and um, we'll follow that here over the going into next week because you can imagine if – uh, if Zach Wilson's season is shortened or done, then uh, that could trigger uh, that could trigger some moves here across uh, across the NFL landscape. By the way, uh, Sala said the initial test on the knee indicated the ACL is intact, but they won't know until he gets an MRI tomorrow. Oh boy! Uh, but he does say Joe Flacco has a lot of juice in the tank. And when we're asking Joe Flacco to be the savior at this point in his career, uh uh-oh. Sorry, Gary Dickman, I stole this from your boss playlist. I know he's a Bruce Springsteen guy, but uh, 
I, 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 I had to steal, steal this for the alternate playlist. Good to be with you. It is Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is ESPN Honolulu here at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Thanks so much for, uh, for taking this along. This is the uh, John Mellencamp playlist I stole it from, by the way. Uh, I heard it earlier today. We were just kind of getting ready. We were ramping ourselves up here in studio for just kind of everything we had. We had Niners. We had Yankees. We had Little League. We had we, we were kind of – it accidentally just happened where one of our uh, one of our feeds, for those of you uh, who don't know, we get a lot of feeds coming in here. Uh, one of our feeds accidentally was sending us some classic rock. Now – you might think I'm a little too young for classic rock, but uh, I certainly can appreciate some great classic rock, and uh, and we got that, and it was it was great. It was uh, it was it was a big pick me up uh, to get us into the day and uh, get us ready for what's uh, turning out to be a fun Friday. Uh, you can get in touch with us. You can text us at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. That's the Zephyr Insurance Hotline. Uh, the text line, you can call us at 808-296-1420, and you can send us your tweets at Sports Animals and at Josh on the radio. So uh, baseball's kind of stolen the show today, and I didn't. I honestly didn't think that uh, we would spend some time on baseball today. I really just kind of thought that uh, this was going to be all football all the time. It's preseason, baby. We're, we're seeing some of these starting quarterbacks. We're seeing, you know, some actual names. So you figured, all right, um, we're going to be very football-centric, and we will be this hour. And then as we were kind of preparing with everything taking place, what did we see? The Padres, who, you know, just got Juan Soto in a trade from the Washington Nationals, just got uh, you know Hater from the Milwaukee Brewers in a uh, you know in a in a in a key trade. They've been waiting for Fernando Tatis to come back. He's been hurt. Then what happens? Fernando Tatis is suspended 80 games by Major League Baseball for violating the league's uh, performance-enhancing drugs policy. Now, this is a team that all of a sudden was stacking itself up to wait for him to come back to be a part of just a a ridiculously offensive-heavy lineup. And... To have a, a a potential World Series team, I, I I know what you're saying. You're talking about a World Series team when we're also talking about a um, you know the same division the Dodgers are in. I I I know I know it sounds kind of unreal. It is kind of unreal, but it's also true. That's kind of what they wanted. And so you find out Tatis is suspended 80 games, and that's that's one part of it. That, that's not the whole thing. The second part of it is Tatis appeals. I don't think the Padres knew that Fernando Tatis was facing a suspension because Fernando Tatis in his uh, you know in, in his statement that he put out, he mentioned that he had appealed. He was he was appealing, and um, you know, in in finding out that you know the situation that he had taken something, it was unknowing, but it was in his system, and he didn't check that 
Well, he uh, he was going to drop the appeal and he was going to serve the 80 game suspension. So, you know, there's there's that part. The second part, and I see you guys on the phones. We'll get to you in a moment at 808-296-1420. The other part is that how we know the Padres didn't really know is that their GM goes in front of reporters today and says, well, we didn't know that there was a positive test until about 345 today. Now, 345 is, I don't know, a couple of hours before the actual report or the actual um, release came out that he was going to be serving the 80-game suspension. So let's just let, let's pile that on here. A, uh, Fernando Tatis tests positive for a performance enhancer and, um, you know, he's uh, appealing and everything. And then he doesn't tell his team doesn't tell his team that he's facing this. The team has to find out when they get a phone call basically saying, oh, yeah, your, your guy's going to lose 80 games. And then let's let's go a little farther on that. Because when the GM, A.J. Preller, comes out and the media is asking him about it, what is, what's one of the things that, that Preller is saying? Um, you know, Preller says, and I quote, um, He's someone that, from the organization standpoint, we've invested time and money into. You'll you'll hear the parts of the quote that are important. When he's on the field, he's a difference maker. You have to learn from these situations. Point A. We were hoping that from the offseason to now, that there would be some maturity. And obviously, with the news today, it's more of a pattern, and it's something that we've got to dig a bit more into. Dot, dot, dot. Maturity, huh? Second part of this from the GM Preller, I quote. I think we need to get to, to, uh, I think we need to get to is a point in time we trust him. Over the course of the last six or seven months, that's been something that we haven't really been able to have there, close quote. Now you've got the big neon flashing lights that says, what, what is wrong here? Amazing talent, but now you've got clearly you've got a ticked off guy in the front office who's made this big move. They got Juan Soto. They got their guy. They've done all of this stuff for what? That something like this could hamper their ability to get all the way because this dude, well couldn't do the right thing, and then he couldn't be honest about it. But here's the other great part about what Fernando Tatis put out there, because part of what is also not very good is it sounds like either he's lying or he has no bleeping idea what he's doing. Tatis said, and I quote, it turns out that I inadvertently took a medication to treat ringworm that contained clostebol. That's the uh, the banned substance. It says, I should have used the resources available to me to ensure that no banned substances were in what I took. I failed to do so. Close quote. Um, newsflash. There is nothing that you can use clostebol for 
to treat ringworm. And that's thanks to doctors who put this out on the social media. Um, either he lied or he doesn't know what Clostebol is. Either way, I'm willing to take the lying part. And uh, he says, I failed to do so. I would never do anything to cheat or disrespect this game that I love. I've taken countless drug tests throughout my professional career, uh, all of which have returned negative results until this test. Um, guess what? Nobody cares how many negative tests you've had, which he says, including back on March 29th, 2022. Nobody cares about that. It just takes one. And uh, that's what happened to Fernando Tatis. So uh, it's it's a bummer. I mean, it could very well be the thing that derails the Padres because they did all of that work to create this monster team for the second half of the season. And that could very well... Uh, that could very well get undercut by this. Uh, we do have breaking news, by the way. Honolulu Little League is on to the Little League World Series. Uh, let's go to the Little League update desk. Keegan Ota, what do you have for us in a game that just went final on ESPN television? Um, I, it wasn't an exciting game, per se, but exciting for a Honolulu Little League. They become the fourth straight Hawaii team to advance to the Little League World Series as they win 9-2 to over Arizona. Thank you. Um, it, it looked like people were calling you just to get the score a little while ago. Is that, yes, that it was. correct? There were a lot of people that were calling you for the score, weren't there? I got like four or five people asking for it. That's how, that's how big it is. Uh, so, uh, Honolulu, this is the fourth consecutive year now that Hawaii is sending a team to the Little League World Series. And, um, I mean, it's not, not like we're telling you anything new here. Um, Hawaii is really really good when it comes to youth baseball you know we've talked about it we've shared scores here and there on uh, uh on on what we've seen in um uh babe ruth cal ripkin you know the the youth leagues here as well nothing new um you know we've we've kind of gotten used to it we're spoiled we are very very spoiled uh, by the way, Hawaii will, uh, if I have this correct, Hawaii's first game at the 2022 Little League World Series will be Wednesday, uh, 7 p.m. Is that Eastern time? I think it's 7 p.m. Eastern time. It would be Wednesday at Lamedy. Hawaii would be taking on the team from the Northwest. Uh, this is an interesting bracket, by the way, because there are two uh, regions that have buys on each side. And by the way, we're back to the uh, United States and international brackets. We didn't have that last year uh, with all the travel restrictions and, and the pandemic. Last year was a break from you know the U.S. and, and the international brackets. They are back this year. So uh, Hawaii will be the West region representative, the two regions that technically have buys going into the uh, second round of the U.S. bracket would be the metro region and the mountain region. I don't ever remember a metro region before. Keith, you're you're a little league update anchor. Uh, do you? And and now I'm I'm just playing the part here. I don't. Do you ever recall a metro region in little league? Okay, so what they did this year for little league is you'll see it on the bracket itself. Some teams are going to get a bite, and it's random chance, mind like you. Mountain so it's all and metro. Random. 
So they in, they um, included now the metro uh, region, which it was part of the mid-Atlantic region before. Partially, I think it was mid-Atlantic and northeast region. Do they take the subway the, to get to their region? Sorry? I was trying to make a joke. I said the metro region. I said, do they take do they take the subway to get to their regional? Actually, two of the teams did. <laughs> you you knew that? Well, uh, no, no, no. They that, actually really? revealed this on Twitter, but. And I thought I had a Twitter addiction. Anyway, this is this is getting awkward. Uh, anyway, finish what you were saying. Anyways, the, the other <laughs> the other region why there's only four teams in the western region is because they made a mountain region, so right? A split of the northwest and the western region. Basically. But you know what they should have done since they split it. Um, the mountain got the buy. The west didn't. The west has. Uh, Truly, the the history in the uh, Lily World Series. I I know you're talking about just it's it's uh. I I know what you're talking about, but it stinks that Mountain gets the buy and West has to take the longer run. Yes, Keegan. So in in this is even funnier too. You know the Mountain region, it's new, right? Yeah. So they even played their games in the same place that the West region played their games in. Too. Are so there, you are, talk about history, yeah. West should have the bye if you're going off that. Are there no qualifiable Little League fields in the Mountain region? I, I don't know. They both played in San Bernardino, California. Yeah. So uh, so Hawaii wins. They'll play the uh, Northwest region winner Wednesday, uh, 1 o'clock Hawaii time on ESPN television. If they win... Then uh, they move on to Friday's uh, winner's bracket round. If they lose, they end up playing on Saturday um, against the loser of Great Lakes or Midwest. So uh, that's the bracket update from uh, Lily World Series. But indeed, Hawaii moves on Wednesday, 1 o'clock, ESPN Television at Lamedy Stadium against the Northwest Region winner. Uh, coming up, Deshaun Watson speaks as Deshaun Watson waits and as Deshaun Watson plays all in the span of just a couple of hours of time today. That's coming up after we take a look at traffic. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. We just had to pull Keegan Oto away from watching... What, what were you? What were you watching? You you were so entrenched in watching the uh, the Zach Wilson injury. I we should have just made you watch a horror movie. Oh, we should have just made you watch a horror movie if you were spending time with your eyes glued on on on, uh, on the Wilson injury, which they're now showing uh, over and over again. Uh, for those that don't know, Zach Wilson injured his right knee. Uh, I guess Robert Sala has clarified. At, at one point, he said the ACL should be intact. To uh, now, the belief is it is, uh, but they have to wait for the MRI. And I think I just saw a Diana Rossini report that does indicate that uh, they think it might actually be more of a PCL injury rather than an ACL injury, and that maybe it lessens the fear of uh, of how long he might actually be out. But uh, clearly, the Jets' year, well. Let me pause that. The Jets' year didn't hinge on Zach Wilson and whether he would play a full season. The Jets would have sucked anyway. Um, it's the fact that you're losing your second-year quarterback to an injury that could potentially cost him the year. And if that's the case, that's just it's it's another blow 
to what is just already just a, a, a really crummy uh, situation in New York. It, it's just tough. Uh, but if we hear more, uh, likely we'll we'll get word on that tomorrow. But the other big headline from the NFL today really was uh, surrounding Cleveland. Cleveland taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Honestly, nobody would watch it as a regular season game. Nobody would watch it as a preseason game. But we had a reason to pay attention to it as a preseason game. And uh, that reason was Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun Watson still waiting for judgment for the National Football League uh, and the independent, the second independent individual uh, putting down a ruling on uh, his punishment regarding uh, what he did uh, at the massage table with a number of women facing a number of civil suits. Most of them have been settled. But um, he played today. More on that in a moment. He did grant an interview. I was surprised by it. You figured he would after the game. But he granted one earlier before the game. Aditi Kinkabala from NFL Network spoke with Deshaun Watson on a couple of things before the game. Here's the audio of that conversation, which includes words of his toward the back end of that on if he had anything to say regarding uh, the allegations against him. Uh, this is Deshaun Watson with Aditi Kinkabala of NFL Network. Okay, Deshaun, as you get ready to get on the bus, let's just start with this one. It's been 19 months since you played a game of competitive football. How are you feeling about that? I'm super excited. I'm excited to get out there with my new teammates and go out there and compete. Um, each and every snap, I want to make sure I cherish that because I'm not sure when the next time I'll be able to get out there with those guys. So um, I'm, I'm super excited. As you say that, your eligibility is still in question. And although this appeal is ongoing, I have to ask you, the initial ruling from Judge Sue Robinson made a very specific point of saying that your lack of remorse played into her decision-making. It's been a part of the narrative surrounding you. What is your response to that? Look, I want to say that I'm truly sorry to all the women that I've impacted in this situation. Um, my des decisions that I made in my life that put me in this position, um, you know, I, w I would definitely like to have back. But I want to continue to move forward and grow and learn and, and show that, you know, I am a, a true person of, of character and I want to keep pushing forward. Grow and learn. We fully expect that there will be some time that you are away from the team. What does your growth on a personal level look like? How are you spending that time? Uh, I know I have a lot of work to put in, um, especially on the field, to be able to make sure I'm ready to play uh, whenever that time comes, whenever I can step back on the field. But also, the biggest thing is I want to continue counseling, and I want to make sure that I'm growing as a person, as an individual, uh, for my decision-making on and off the field, and I want to make sure that you know I'm just evolving in the community as much as possible, and that's for the Cleveland community, that's the NFL community, and beyond. Okay. We appreciate the time, Deshaun. Thank you. That was uh, Deshaun Watson with uh, Aditi Kinkabala from NFL Network and uh, CBS before the game today with the uh, the Jaguars and the Cleveland Browns. Um, his stats and what he did, I mean, his first couple plays were not very good. Um, his stats ultimately really don't matter uh, because, you know, A, it's, it's preseason. B, it's been, what, a year and a half since, uh, since he's last played. So you take all of the one for five passing with seven yards, you, you know, 
you take all of that with a grain of salt. But I remember the day that Sue L. Robinson handed down her punishment, which was, what, a week ago, two weeks ago? It's, it's all just kind of jumbled up at this point. And I remember, must have been two weeks, I think. That afternoon, I went on to, uh, to Twitter and I said, you know what we're missing? Because the, the punishment was handed down early in the morning while, while many of us were still asleep. I said, you know what we're missing? We're missing an apology. We're missing, like, remorse. We're, we're, we're missing, you know, the kind of emotion that you would consider when we talk about someone who, um, you know, has to be responsible for their actions. The same kind of apology for someone who was actually willing to sit games and was willing to accept a punishment and that it took, what, two and a half weeks to get what you heard earlier today. I remember when I said it on social media, some of you came back at me and said, well, he can't. He can't go and apologize. He can't go and say that he did anything wrong because he still has a civil case that's out there. And he can't admit guilt, to which is baloney, because what you heard from him today, it honestly wasn't even an apology, really. It was more of, I'm sorry for anybody I impacted. Not, I'm sorry for the things that I did. Now, I'm glad that it sounds like he's going to counseling. And I'm glad that it sounds like he's trying to do things to better his standing in the community. I'm I'm glad it seems like he's taking steps. But before I before I even give the man the benefit of an apology, he didn't apologize for the things he did. He apologized to the people he impacted. That could mean anything. It's a it's a play on words. It is meant to be very, very vague and not really get to the truth, but just to give people the impression that you said something so that you can move on. It is also clearly a way for him to get in front of people to uh, make a case that he should not have to sit the season because, and I'm not, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't have any you know, concrete information on this, but I don't believe that Deshaun Watson would have agreed to a one-on-one interview even for, what was that, a minute and 20 seconds? Why would Deshaun Watson agree to do a one-minute and 20-second or so interview with a reporter from NFL Network who, I don't know if she was working for the local team. I don't know. It doesn't matter. When you've got all of the legal things and still waiting for the suspension, not many people would actually do that. There is probably a good reason as to why you would agree to either offer yourself for a one-on-one pregame interview or agree to the offer to do it. Because we know Deshaun Watson does not want to miss the entire year. That's why it has been leaked out over the last day that he is willing to take an eight-game suspension and to be fined $5 million 
instead of sitting the entire year. And coincidentally enough, coincidentally enough, what did we see from Pro Football Talk today? Pro Football Talk had a report today that the NFL might actually be open to compromise. And of course, all of that narrative continues to fall in line because if it's going out through reports that he's willing to take an eight-game suspension instead of a full year indefinite suspension, then of course, you have to back up those words that are being leaked out through sources that aren't named you and go in front of a microphone and show some kind of remorse, whether that remorse is real or not, or just a play on words to try to get people off your back or to make the NFL look like you are trying to be accountable. If I'm the NFL, this is, well, it's nice, but it's also not. If I'm the NFL, I'm still sitting him for a year. I'm still punishing him indefinitely. And I'm still fining him. Because where was this at the time where you said that you did nothing wrong? Where was this when uh, your attorney was trying to maintain your innocence and trying to discredit the women that were suing you in civil court? Where was this then? Sometimes we like to care too much about sound bites, but quite frankly, sound bites mean nothing to me except for just a job to give us sound bites to use on a radio show. Um, I see zero accountability. And I, I would hope that the NFL could see right through this, which is a ploy to use the media to try to get him an, abil- uh, an allowance to play this year and they decide to see right through it and force him to sit a year. At least the person, the former attorney general from the state of New Jersey, seeing right through that, he shouldn't see it anyway, and coming down with the ruling that the NFL hopes is what it wants. Uh, you can text us at 808-296-1420. Call us at 808-296-1420. You can tweet the show. Uh, at Sports Animals, at Josh on the radio. It is a busy Friday. Honolulu Little League is on to the Little League World Series. We've seen Trey Lance uh, make a start as Niners quarterback in the preseason. Coming up, final thought today on uh, what we take away from really the first full day of NFL preseason games. We had two yesterday. That doesn't count. That's not a full day. I guess today wasn't really a full day either, but it felt like it. There's a, a decent amount of games. There is a bunch more this weekend. Five. Five is more full than two. Uh, what we take away from watching Jordan Love and, and Trey Lance. Um, to me, it wasn't as much love as who Love got to set up in, uh, in, in one of his touchdown passes today. That's coming up in just a little bit. Uh, you can text us to our Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. Text her from the 510. Where can I go and donate money to the fans of Honolulu Little League World Series parents? Well, 
reading websites never comes off good on the radio, especially when the websites are long. Uh, there is a GoFundMe that uh, they have up. They have a goal of, what, $10,000, and they're not close to that. But uh, you can go to GoFundMe, and the name of it is Please Support the Honolulu Little League. And a number of people have donated. They've had 47 donations. Uh, they've raised nearly $3,500 so far. And uh, it's going to be quick. It's going to go from, from California, that west region, and uh, now off to uh, Williamsport, Pennsylvania, to play at the Little League World Series. And, uh, again, a quick turnaround because they play Wednesday. So uh, some some teams have had a few extra days, maybe for some last-minute fundraising, uh, et cetera. But uh, uh, at least there's an opportunity here in the, in the next few days. If you want to help out, uh, by all means, uh, please do. Uh, this is a great team. And they represent I, – I love that they've added the – uh, Wee's greater than me um, framing on uh, on the back of their jerseys that they have taken it as more than just uh, you know more than just a team going out there and playing baseball, but you know playing for each other and playing for their state, and uh, you know it's uh, really really cool to see what they've done. And boy, they can can they hit the ball. They, they've been pounding out some runs here in the last few games. So uh, Wednesday, uh, f- their uh, first pitch went right after 1 o'clock. It's on ESPN television, part of the uh, Little League World Series. They'll play the uh, one of the first matchups of the Little League World Series. They win. They move to Friday. They lose. They drop to Saturday. Uh, we'll have more information on that over the next couple of days. Well, this has turned out to be kind of a, a fun, quick show. Yankees, Red Sox. Well, they Yankees, Red Sox. Uh, thankfully, we'll have games two and three of the series tomorrow. Coverage begins at twelve thirty. Sunday coverage at noon for Sunday Night Baseball. Uh, four Yankees and Red Sox here on ESPN Honolulu at ninety-two point seven FM and fourteen twenty AM. Uh, final thought today comes from. Uh, Whatever you feel like you can take away from what we see in the NFL's preseason, obviously we weren't going to see a lot of stuff that you could walk away from and say, well, sure, we know what we got to work with. The The biggest thing was, um, you know, yeah, we saw Jordan Love. Jordan Love's not going to play anytime soon, but uh, the Green Bay Packers had to replace Devontae Adams and Romeo Dubs did get to play today. And you know what? I, I know he's catching passes from Jordan Love today, uh, not necessarily from Aaron Rodgers, but you've probably heard all the hype about him. And you know what? Uh, very early, but some of that hype just it felt and looked and seemed like it was kind of real. And it was kind of cool. I mean, he got three catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. And uh, he is going to be someone that we watch very, very closely uh, as uh, as we watch this preseason. And, and more so, once we start to see him align 
um, with Aaron Rodgers in games. Marcus Mariota, we're seeing highlights from him. Uh, he had his rushing touchdown in the game against the Detroit Lions uh, in his uh, first start as a Falcon. Again, granted, it was uh, preseason. De uh, everybody's kind of watching Desmond Ritter, who's the backup quarterback, and I think they kind of want to see, well, um, can Ritter make this kind of a competition? We'll see. I mean, he threw a touchdown pass later in the game. It was actually the touchdown that um, would give the Falcons the win. It was uh, the go-ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, for Mariota, just being back out there, uh, I, he was asked a question about, you know, the game being seen on TV back home. Uh, it was on KHON2. Uh, they showed the Falcons game. Uh, he was very appreciative uh, wanted to get that message back home uh, that he felt like he had the support of, of fans in Hawaii uh, watching him play, and it was very important to him. And yeah, there's not much. There's a couple of pass completions and uh, and a rushing touchdown, but he stayed healthy. Uh, and to me, the amount that they had him in the game showed uh, that I think there is a commitment to uh, to Marcus Mariota, but they, they did want to give a lot of time to Ritter. I mean, Ritter threw 22 passes, and while he had a couple of touchdown passes, he was also 10 of 22, which is not great. And then I think the other side is is watching Trey Lance, the San Francisco 49ers quarterback, who uh, the job is now clearly his. There is no Jimmy Garoppolo behind him. Well, I guess figuratively he's on the roster still, but truly – Trey Lance is the guy. Four of five uh, for 92 yards. Did have a touchdown pass uh, as the Niners won over the Green Bay Packers 28-21. to And it's, it's not an accurate depiction of the regular season, but it's a decent-looking start. And uh, while, you know, I would, I would like to see a, a better job by the San Francisco 49ers offensive line who allowed three sacks to Niners quarterbacks in this game, um, promising Lance stayed healthy uh he did have some impressive plays in the time that he was in the game and now it's it's about building from there uh and I think you've got the right coaches that can allow him to build you know with with coach Shanahan and his staff if you're going to have any staff that's going to help build on on uh, on this preseason game I, I think that's the staff that's going to be able to challenge that or or channel that, I should say. Uh, texter from the Zephyr Insurance text line. Texter from the 343. Go Packers. Yeah, uh, I see that picture that you just sent in that text, and that was definitely not a Go Packers kind of text. Hey, enjoy your day. That's from the uh, person who says he's not happy with people hating on the Bears. Oh, just wait till the Packers and the Bears play twice this year. You're going to have a lot of fun. That's it for me. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, congratulations to Honolulu Little League. Wednesday, Little League World Series, they play at 1 o'clock. Uh, Freddie and Fitzsimmons is coming up next. I'll see you Monday at 3. This has been the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM.